Today at Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, January 21st, 2018. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio. And joining us via Skype is Sarah Austin, host of the Sarah Talk podcast. This is an open conversation. We welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205. Your emails to radio at mnatheist.org. Tweet us at Atheist Talk or send us a message over Facebook, facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. Sarah, thank you for joining me this gorgeous January morning. Are you looking forward to that big snowstorm we're going to get today? <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for inviting me on. Um, you have snow? Snow, yeah. I moved, I moved to Florida 10 years ago, <laughs> and I've, the only time I've seen snow since is in a vacation to Colorado. Like, you really can't escape the stuff if anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate driving in snow, but yeah. I love snow. And it's Minnesota, so we talk about the weather constantly. Do they do that in Florida too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Except there, it's like, oh, it's it's hot. Oh, again it's today. hot again. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably start with some introductions because I've heard it's like the polite thing to do when introducing people. Uh, so, listening audience, this is Sarah. She has a podcast. Sarah, this is the listening audience. They listen to live radio and podcasts. I'm hoping you two awesome. like like each other and form a lasting and wonderful relationship. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, pleasantries out of the way. Can you share with the audience like what your show is generally about and like where they can find it? Sure. Um, so we started this thing like in 2015. I think in June of 2015. Um, to really tell the story of my transition, uh, I didn't have a lot of, you know, I wasn't in the groups in the, in the, uh, the LGBTQ, like actual physical community. I didn't have a lot of, uh, support, but I, I, I had come out to people that I worked with sort of gradually leading into the, you know, the final, yes, I'm going to transition. So some people knew that this is what I was dealing with and Man, did they have questions. So I thought, well, gosh, if my friends have questions, um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that have questions, too. Let me just document this thing and I'll just, you know, we'll do. And it was very erratic, you know, maybe one a month or two a month. And we'll just talk about what's new and how things are going. And I went to this doctor and this happened. And then I went to this appointment and this is what happened there. And just kind of talk through the process of. Uh, you know, once you decide, okay, yes, I'm going to go through the transition process, kind of how that goes. So that was 2015. And then it very quickly developed into something a whole lot more, uh, a whole lot more kind of dark and cynical. Um, Donald Trump became the president of the United States. And then, so, and we had to talk about the other things that affect the community. And, um, we talked a lot about things that were in the news, and it seems like, just from looking through this information, that the, the if there's a group that often attacks or tries to withhold rights from us, it's often religion. And that's not something that I had ever really like publicly addressed for myself. And so I very quickly like i'm i tried to rush through the angry atheist phase uh <laughs> because yeah I, I understand that there's there's a segment of the atheist community that's like okay you're, you're toxic and we don't want you to be you know 
we need to be able to to handle this like adults. Quit being angry and quit just you know screaming into the void. Uh, but people are going through that phase of of the the belief transition too, I guess. Uh, so there, there's some merit to that. Um, but th- yeah, it very, it very quickly like morphed into, okay, let's talk about, uh, all of the things that all of the laws that are being pushed through to give religious privilege to allow people to, you know, not serve you at the coffee shop or whatever. Um, and, and I have, uh, not to go on too far of a tangent, but I have an inner struggle with that sometimes because, when I try to be like super inclusive and I want to bring everyone in, uh, being an atheist often cuts off part of the LGBTQ community that I could reach, you know, just by saying like, Hey, you know, the church is trying to, you know, do this. Then a lot of, a, a lot of the LGBTQ community who are also faithful and believers are like, okay, this isn't for me. So I, I have this kind of inner struggle back and forth. But in the end of it all, after those two or three years that we've been doing this, uh, I think I've decided that, yeah, this look, this is who I am. And uh, what is it? Uh, Hitchens said uh, it's a right to be an atheist. You don't have to be apologetic about it. So I'm kind of making peace with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for my own show, I was trying to get a, a counseling organization to come on. And they were like, we were talking like, and I was really serious. And then they just suddenly realized, like, wait a minute, like, you're an atheist show. We don't really want to be on, like, we can't associate with you because we have religious members. And I was like, really? Really? Uh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't I don't quite get why that's it. Because, like, for me, I, like, we, even in the studio here for Atheist Talk, we've had Christians in, in studio. Like, sure. It's not an issue. Like, that's depending on what we're talking about. Like, when we're, when we're going, like, for the separation of, of religion and government, church and state— we can lock arms with people who are religious and, yeah. and fight oh, definitely. That. So, like, I don't understand where the, the headbutting comes in. Right. Um, you talked about, yeah. like, going through your angry atheist phase. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was, like, I, I went through my angry atheist phase just like I went through my uber skeptic phase. And when I transitioned, I went through my, like, oh, my gosh, I have to have, like, high heels on every day phase. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like... Like, that's a normal phase, so we should just accept the angry atheists, but also have that paternalistic, almost like, yeah, okay, you be angry, um, fuel the fire, fuel the rage, help us move stuff along, but don't hijack the conversation. <laughs> right. And and let us teach you, and this is what our community needs, right? Let us teach you how to channel those feelings that you're having into something productive. Yeah. Totally. I wish, I feel like I I was lucky, especially after I found Minnesota Atheists, that I got to surround myself with other atheists in person, not just online. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had that range of community. And I don't know that everybody does. If you're just an online community, sometimes that face to face interaction gets, well, obviously it gets lost if it's online. But I feel like that that, in person is something I struggle with for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, finding community, just. Uh, I work a third shift job, so normally I'm asleep during when normal people are awake. And, uh, you know, I have two kids and family and stuff that, you know, that I need to do too and then producing my show. And so when it's like, okay, let's all get together and go do a thing, I'm like, oh, okay, hold, hang on. When when do you want to get together? Because that's, <laughs> okay, I, I sleep during that time. Yes. Uh, this is really hard. And then 
uh, and I don't want to, you know, take you into my therapy sessions here, but um, <laughs> listening to one of Riss's recent shows, I I grew up in a very, very small town, and I can get into that a little bit more if you'd like, um, but part of living in that very, very small town, part of that experience is a fear of, of the city, right? It's, it's just an, a natural rural versus urban thing that happens, it's, um, and so even still today, if I have to go into Orlando for a thing, my anxiety ganglia goes crazy. Like I just can't Star Trek reference. I just <laughs> I hate going downtown uh, streets that go one way and all who, who knows where directions. Uh, there's nowhere to park. The traffic is inc incredibly crazy to, you know, park and walk six blocks to get to where you're going. Like just thinking about it gives me anxiety. So, um, but guess where all the communities are, right? Yeah. My therapist is in downtown Orlando. Uh, the the center for the LGBTQ community is in downtown. So everything is in downtown. So I kind of struggle with that too. Oh, that would be terrible. Like I, I'm the opposite. I love going downtown. Like I will take the bus and my bike. In fact, I'll just ride my bike from my house to downtown and mm. just like, get anywhere I need to go. But then when I drive, I'm like, oh, crap, I got to find a place to park. Oh, crap. <laughs> I got to worry about driving. I didn't think about riding the bike. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's even, it's awfully long drive, though. Well, yeah, and I don't know how, or, like Minneapolis is a great bicycling community. I have no mm -hmm. idea what Orlando is like. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just wondering, like living in Florida, because I, I think it's Florida is like, uh, not to sound ableist, but like the crazy part of the United States. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so living in Florida as a trans woman, as an atheist, do you have a hard time finding things to talk about for your show? Um, I, that's interesting, too. I try to sort of divide our time. Um, I don't want it to be hyper local. So uh, there are some things that we do talk about that are like things that are happening locally. Um, you know, we've had on recently, we had on, uh, a drag performer who does, you know, shows here in, in downtown at different various venues and, and things like that. So we do those things. Um, but you know, they speak to a larger audience and, and like most podcasts, probably we have listeners, you know, all over the globe. Uh, it is a globe. <laughs> and <laughs> you said that very flatly, well, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, so yeah, we talk about a lot of national politics too. And, and, um, occasionally, you know, there will be a, an international story that comes up and it's like, Oh, look, uh, there is another Scandinavian country doing things the right way. Can we, can we do that? Can, can that be a thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we kind of go all over the place, but the beautiful thing about living in Florida, and I don't know if, if you and your listeners are familiar with, with him is the Florida man. Do you guys know about the Florida man? I had known nothing about the Florida man, but I also have 30 seconds before the break. So you got it. Is this, is this something we should take over to the next break? Yeah, sure. That'll be fine. All right. So <laughs> I just, it, it sounded, it, it sounded like a lot. All right. Well, you are listening to AM 950, <laughs> AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Many Love. And we will return for the break in about two and a half minutes to talk about the Florida man.
back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, talking with Sarah Austin from the Sarah Talk podcast. Before we get back to the show, I want to remind everyone listening live that immediately following this program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production from American Atheists. If you miss an episode live, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you're interested in getting involved with the conversation we're having today, the phone number is 952-946-6205. Email us at radio at mnatheist.org. Tweet us at Atheist Talk or leave us a message on the Facebook post for this episode over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. All right, Sarah, when we left you, um, I was stumbling over my words and because I was really excited to hear about the Florida man who I'm assuming is a Gator fan. Oh, the Florida man. So the Florida man is like our meme for all the weird stuff that happens in Florida. And and like you say, like we we have some special people. So there is some really strange things that happen. Um, and so our joke is the best stories, stories always start with a Florida man. And, and that kind of leads into our segment. I'll give you a couple of headlines. I found a few here that are that are really good. Um, so right after... The hurricane ripped through and uh, tore up all of central Florida. This headline dropped. Uh, two Florida men were arrested for trying to steal an electrical pole. <laughs> so, so these two guys had uh, had pulled their truck up to the this light pole that had fallen down, and, and they were going to, like, scrap metal this thing. And one of the guys had multiple counts of, you know, uh, pawn shop problems and, and uh, all kinds of issues. Uh, let's see. A Florida man, uh, was falsely arrested for donut icing mistaken for meth. So the police pull this guy over. They find, (laughs) they find powder in his car. They, they, they ran it through a field kit. It, it came up positive. (laughs) And then when it was tested properly in the lab, they were like, nah, he's right. He's telling the truth. It's just icing. You know, as a as a lab technician myself, um, uh-huh. that makes me wonder, like, how much oregano um, people have got arrested for. <laughs> uh, another really good one was a Florida man changed his name was his name is Donald, and he changed his middle name to Trump. Huh. Yeah, so that's special. <laughs> okay, so if Florida man isn't like some weird, crazy, like I, I had it in my head, like we're talking like the the, the Slender Man kind of idea, but this is okay. I I apparently need to brush up on my on my online stuff because <laughs> <laughs> they are they really are the best stories. It's the funniest stuff. Uh, yeah, the one the one recent one, <clears throat> the last one here. Uh, there was a, a man in Florida charged with, and this is, it's actually a terrible story. Like the, the beginning of it is kind of funny, haha. But then it's like, okay, no, we need to have a serious conversation here. This guy was charged with assault for beating his girlfriend over who ate the last cookie. Yeah. But like, at the same time I hear that, I'm like, what? well, yeah, I knew you were going to say Florida, man. Of course. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we do with the Florida man segment. Like we just poke fun at how, how, outrageous people in florida are sometimes so we're a 501c3 educational organization we broadcast on public airwaves we have to worry about the fcc and not endorsing individual political candidates you don't have those problems does your Mm -hmm. show like go into politics and are you allowed to swear oh absolutely both um so for for the political realm 
we're you know we're pretty left. Um, some of the issues that we we talk about are bills that are going through Congress and you know where we land on those and and how we would vote and how we would encourage people to reach out to their elected officials. Um, yeah, so we do we do take sides uh, sometimes. And uh, as far as like the specifically campaigns go, I can't think. I think we've talked to one candidate a local candidate who was like during their, uh, during their campaign. And that's Anna Eskamani who was running for the Florida house. Um, we've also talked to Carlos Guillermo Smith, who, um, who is now a member of the Florida house also. Um, so it's, it's cool to, to actually like get, you know, the people who are actually doing the work, like come on the show and tell us what you're all about. Cause you know, people are going to vote for you. And, and the, and having worked in radio, uh, in the past, the beautiful thing is I do not have to go. All right, well, I gave this guy an hour, so I guess I have to call the other guy and give them an hour too. <laughs> you know, I don't have, I don't have those constraints like I did when I, you know, when I worked in radio and that's kind of nice. I can pick and choose who I want to talk to and what questions I want to ask. And I don't think that we, like our show, because it's on the radio, has to give like fair, balance, fair and balanced um, kind of faux coverage. Faux is called F-A-U-X. That sounds like Fox. Anyway, um, but, <laughs> you know, because we're the 501c3, we can't – it would be more difficult for us to bring a, a candidate in sure, without absolutely. implicitly endorsing them just by having them in. I'm, I'm sure we could make it work. It would just mm – -hmm. Then, then also, you know, we're atheist talk, and there aren't a whole lot of candidates that are like, "Yeah, I'd love to be on an atheist show." Right, that'll really help my election. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you got to go after all the demographics. <laughs> <laughs> like we can, so we've really like when we when we go into politics on here, we more focus like policies. We we discussed how we felt about like the recent religious liberty stance from the White House, like with doctors withholding treatment for uh. trans people. Um, it's like we can talk about that kind of stuff without any problem but anyway. yeah and and we talk about a lot of that kind of stuff too um some of the questions that we had on our show last night um involve kind of kind of came around the bodily autonomy and medical issues and so in in one case um one of our original co-hosts had asked the question like hey I went to my doctor and I asked for birth control. And initially the guy was like, well, um, I'm worried about your health. Now, she had uh, a massive infection a few years ago, went into septic shock. She was in a coma for a number of days um, and has kind of gradually been getting better since. But, you know, that's what sepsis does. So so he was concerned about her health. And, and then when she finally her health improved to the point where, you know, she thought, OK, well, I should be good now. I come back at work. Life is good. Uh, and she asked again. And he was like, well, we're going to need to get permission from your husband. What? And she's like, hold up. I'm not married. And why would you assume that it's a man? It Like it is. But like, why would you assume that that's the only reason I want birth control? Women take birth control for lots of things. And she just we, we just go off on this this major tangent of like, are you kidding me? How can you possibly do that? Well, here we are looking at in the face of rolling back the Obama era administration change to the uh, Department of uh, Health and Human Services. And they're, you know, wanting to create this new division for conscience uh, that would allow you to go, well, see, I can't give you birth control unless you're married because Jesus. 
And that's the kind of stuff that I have a problem with. Uh, yeah, that is terrible. Like I, I work at, at a Catholic hospital and, you know, we can't mm. even Bless touch you. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, it's part of it's part of a larger secular uh, organization. Um, okay. <laughs> so so it does work out. Um, but yeah, same difference or same deal. All right, we're gonna go to break here in about thirty seconds. But when we come back, I, I have a special guest with me here in the studio that I wanted to, to have an opportunity to talk with you about, and that is uh, Flat Jesus. And uh, <laughs> so we'll return to our discussion with Sarah Austin of the Sarah Talk podcast right after this brief commercial break. This is Maddie Love. You're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm Maddie Love chatting via Skype with Sarah Austin of the Sarah Talk podcast. Before we continue with our conversation, which will be our final segment this week, I wanted to thank our sponsors. All of us at Atheist Talk are asking for your help in keeping secular voices on the public airwaves and in podcast form. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you would like to advertise in this program and help us help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheists.org. This program, radio program is put together by dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of people like you. It's because of listeners like you that we're able to keep Atheist Talk on the radio. If you're able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our radio fund page. Or for as little as a dollar an episode, consider becoming a patron of our show by heading over to patreon.com slash atheisttalk. Minnesota Atheists is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. When we say we couldn't do the show without you, we really do mean it, and we really are truly grateful for all your contributions. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael David. As always, check out the Minnesota Atheist website at mnatheist.org, where you can browse articles, book reviews, and the calendar of upcoming events. I want to draw your attention to two events in particular. The first event is the January Public Meeting of Minnesota Atheists. Board nominations begin at 115. But the real awesome stuff, that happens at two when we welcome the one, the only, the utterly awesome LGBTQ rights activist, Marissa McCool. She's been a repeat guest on the show, and we look forward to having her as a speaker later today. The second event is from another past guest. Inclusivity is hosting the Kindness Bowl. Check the show notes for complete details, but they are looking for acts of kindness on their website to see which city is the most kind. Personally, I live in Egan, so I'm pretty sure that Egan is going to win hands down. All right, Mischief Managed, that was an awful lot of talking from me, and we should probably get back to our super awesome guest, Sarah Austin from Sarah Talk, which I almost called Atheist Talk because I'm so (laughs) used to saying that. (laughs) So when we we left, I mentioned I had an an in-studio guest as well. It was Flat Jesus, and (laughs) I love Flat Jesus, I think more than I loved Jesus when I was a Christian. Wow. I'm just saying, because like <laughs> when I was just thinking about this this morning, like when I was a Christian, I equated love with like following people, somebody's rules or obeying somebody, mm. which I know is a really toxic way to think about love. <laughs> but I feel like it's kind of promoted by a lot of at least my branch of Christianity that I was in. Definitely. But like flat Jesus here, I was like, oh, I don't want to I don't want him to get hurt. I got to be careful. I got to protect him. <laughs> there you go. Like, well, that's a neat way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. So like I actually love flat Jesus more than I loved real Jesus. <laughs> Which is really sad and funny and, like, tragic, maybe, all at the same time. Um, So can you share with the listeners 
who the hell, <clears throat> who, who Flat Jesus is and uh, <laughs> how it came about. So Flat Jesus is, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that just, my mind doesn't shut off. I've diagnosed ADHD many, many years ago. And so my brain just races all the time. And I have these ideas that pop into my head every once in a while um, that I usually forget. I'm real bad at keeping notes. And, uh, but this one stuck with me. So on my way to and from work every day, I drive right by one of those churches that has the gigantic cross out in the backyard. And so <laughs> this is, uh, this is very heathenry of me, but I eventually I started looking at this cross and I thought, you know, I wonder where I would have to stop my Jeep and get out and stand in order to have the proper perspective of depth to make it look like I was hanging on that cross and pose <laughs> to take a picture while hanging. And, and it's a busy high, like it's a, it's a highway. It's, it's a lot, a lot of traffic. Okay. Maybe that's not the safest option. I shouldn't stop on the roadway to try to take a cross selfie. So, so then, then the, uh, wouldn't it be great if I had a picture of Jesus so that I could just hold up there and, and take a picture with. And I've yet to do that because again, the road's really busy and I just, I just haven't done it. Um, but so I came back and I thought, okay, we could have some fun with this. We could, we could, you know, we'll get our listeners to, uh, to print these things out, take pictures, send them back in hashtag flat Jesus. So you've heard of flat Stanley. Now there's flat Jesus. Uh, and you can print them out and take them with you anywhere, anywhere you want to go. I have, uh, the one here in the studio that travels around with us is, uh, one that my wife did. And he has a I heart my two dads shirt. He has um, a rainbow skirt and rainbow hair. And he's holding a Dunkin' Donuts drink with a sign and, and the other hand that says, I love you. Oh, I like that flat Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I like that one, too. But we take him to like events that we go to. Um, we set up a booth. Um, this past year, we did, I think, three, two or three events we did. Um, Polk Pride, which is the county that we live in, Polk County, um, their Pride event. We did Orlando Pride um, in downtown Orlando. Um, and then we did the Transgender Day of Remembrance. And we tabled um, at all of these things. We set up our, our studio right there and did some interviews with some people. Um, but, of course, we, you know, we like to bring Flat Jesus with you. And now he <laughs> comes in, uh, controversially, he comes in four different formats that you can print. You have uh, the color your own, which is lots of fun. You can, you know, you can uh, give him rainbow hair if you'd like. Um, then there's white Jesus uh, because, it, you know, that's a guy we'd let on a plane, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, contrary to popular American opinion, Jesus wasn't a basic white dude. So there's uh, a darker skinned option as well. And then what I called white Republican Jesus, which is just a tongue-in-cheek poke. Um, Jesus is wearing a Made in the USA shirt. He's holding a flag. And uh, there's like a rifle in the other hand, and he's got a, a bald eagle sitting on his shoulder. That's the one that helped write the Constitution, right? Yes, okay, that's good, the one. Good. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Great. <laughs> so it's just some fun thing that we can do and you know, interact with listeners and well, have a good laugh. And because I care about history, I naturally printed off the darker color Jesus. Of course. Because, you know, we care about historical accuracy here yes. at Atheist Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now thinking I should also, like, laminate him. Um, because yeah, that's we what did you that do with to the loved too. ones yep. that you try to protect. You encase them in plastic. Um, <laughs> but I think right. when nobody will spill on him. 
Now it turns out there's actually an uh, uh, a hashtag flat Jesus is a real thing that like actual Christians do, and so oh, we're no. kind of like <laughs> crowding in on their in their in their space. I had no idea until I started, you know coming up with this thing that, that it's an actual real thing but of course it's a real thing of course well i i have <laughs> i recently just this morning tweeted our flat jesus uh picture so i'm i hope i don't well i really don't care if i upset a whole lot of christians i love um, it that's great <laughs> <laughs> well and, and ironically we'd actually we did a an episode on islam a couple weeks ago and we had just got an email from somebody who was really mad at us because, like, why are we criticizing Islam? And, like, we never make fun of Christianity. And we're like, <laughs> do you not listen to this show? Like, I, <laughs> I'm in Florida, and I know that you you make fun of them all equally, just, just like we all do. Well, yeah, and, like, you know, it's kind of like a love the sin or hate the sin kind of thing. We don't really, right. like, make fun of the people as much as we do those stupid ideas. Sure, it's bad yeah. ideas, absolutely. I was just thinking as, as you were telling me about that story of how Flat Jesus came about that it would have been terrible to have to read the headline, Florida woman drives oh, fast. <laughs> yes, run over by angry Christian on highway for posing in front of a cross. I know, they would crucify you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh, really nailed that headline. Um, so... <laughs> Now I want to write that article, like a mock article. <laughs> it would be great. We will read it and share it. <laughs> you mentioned the Transgender Day of Remembrance. That was uh, back in November for listeners. Uh, right about the same time, um, I was complaining to Nick Fish of American Atheists that here in Minnesota, it's always in a church. Can you share your experience of the, of the, of the T-Door, as we say in the business? Yeah. So this was my first year doing it, uh, for it, uh, participating at all. Um, again, like most of the community is is centered around the city. And so uh, after that experience, I was like, okay, uh, I need to, man, I need more hours in the day. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I need to create something for my area because we don't have one. And um, Polk County is very, uh, it's a very red county, uh, lots of good old boys and pick them up trucks. And when, when they had their pride event, it was like their third year, I think of doing it. I was astonished by the trans representation. I just couldn't believe in a county so backwards that, that there were that many of us. And so then when I went to the T-Door event in Orlando, my, I just, I'm, I'm like, oh, I have to do this. I have to be involved somehow in organizing one more locally for me. So I'm working on that. Um, ours was held. There's a couple that are in Orlando. Um, I believe both of them are at college campuses. The one we went to was at Valencia College, um, on their East Campus, and uh, the the trans woman that organizes it, she she's put together a number of different events that. Um, a couple that, that we've been involved in. Uh, every year they do what's called Gay Days. There's an organization here that uh, they rent out the uh, one of the water parks at Disney and have like a after-hours night party at the water park. And uh, they all show up at the Magic Kingdom on the same day and we all wear red shirts and we all have a really good time. Um, and so she created an event alongside that in 2016 uh, that was called Transpire. That was a, you know, a trans-specific event inside the Gay Days event. Um, that was really cool. Like we'd never done anything like that before here either. 
So we went to that. And she organized the Transgender Day of Remembrance as well. And on Facebook, there was a conversation happening about, we've got everything lined up. I think we've got, it, you know, we've got all the candles. We've got everything we need. Everything, everything's ready to go. The only thing we're really missing that we don't have yet is uh, a faith leader, a preacher, a pastor, to do an opening, closing invocation. And so I clicked reply, and I said, <laughs> hand in the air, hey, uh, how about a secular invocation? And, you know, I even got a couple of messages privately from others who were like, hey, thank you for asking. And I had no idea that these people were like my people. I had no, no clue. I didn't think, you know, any of them were, that this would be something that would uh, spark them. So, uh, and so they said, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, and I, I kind of, I wrote a invocation that was based loosely off of one that had been used in a state legislature, but I tweaked it to, you know, be about our community, our diversities and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and I did that. And then they asked me to say a few words before we read the names, which I wasn't prepared to do. And I lost it and started crying in the middle of that. And, and, uh, it was, it was very interesting experience indeed. Yeah, I, you know, and I came from the opposite aspect when I left religion. Um, my transition was part of that. And so it was like I couldn't believe that there were any people, anybody in the trans community that was religious. And then I got my eyes open that like, hey, we're yeah. a diverse group. All right, so I have got just like, I don't know, 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm going to let you go so that I can close out the show. This was super awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk. I'm proud to be on air with Minnesota Atheists, and I hope that everyone has enjoyed the show. The show does depend on the generous support of our members, sponsors, and donors. Please consider supporting the show through the donation link on mnatheist.org or our Patreon page. This has been Atheist Talk on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. All opinions and ideas expressed on today's show were the opinions of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily represent the opinions and ideas of Minnesota Atheists. The podcast for the show will be available in just a couple hours. Please stick around through the brief commercial break for American Atheist Viewpoint. Hello and welcome to the American Atheist Viewpoint. I'm Nick Fish, National Program Director for American Atheists, and thank you as always for joining us. This week, the Trump administration announced the creation of a new Conscience and Religious Freedom Division within the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights. Um, this new division is tasked with uh, essentially shielding medical professionals who refuse to treat patients because of their own religious objections and uh, exempt them from certain equal protection and public accommodation laws. Um, in addition, Health and Human Services has announced a proposed rule that we're still looking over right now um, that would allow healthcare providers to discriminate um, against patients and deny them treatment on the basis of their own religious exemption, uh, religious objections, excuse me, um, as they relate to specifically end of life care, abortion, and a number of other topics. Um, this is not an unexpected development. This is something that we've anticipated for quite some time. Um, the rule change um, comes in response to um, a change that was made during the Obama administration 
to extend non-discrimination protections to individuals in the healthcare care uh, sector. Prior to the Obama administration's um, rules, um, people, healthcare providers were able to use conscience, conscience exemptions to, to deny access to things like birth control, uh, treatment for HIV or AIDS, um, end-of-life care, um, and also discriminate against providing um, transition services for transgender individuals, and even deny emergency ambulance services to a, uh, a woman who was seeking an abortion. Um, these are all things that have happened. This isn't hypothetical. These are actual real-world cases. Um, this is just part of a larger trend of the Trump administration's actions on religious liberty, um, extending religious liberty protections to exemptions for um, people with objections to one particular type of activity, um, usually abortion or LGBT issues. Um, in this case, it's centered primarily around abortion. It's important to note that the rule here that they've uh, proposed doesn't say anything about blood transfusions. It doesn't say anything about, you know, Christian scientists um, not wanting to provide any sort of medical care. It only extends to people who object to abortion um, or certain types of end-of-life care. Um, this is essentially picking uh, one type of religious view that is um, singling it out for special treatment um, giving it, uh, putting it on a higher platform uh, than any other type of religious religious objection, and saying that this is a reasonable objection to have, um, and therefore should be protected. Um, this is not, as some people would say, about um, simple contract or um, you know liberty issues. Um, where, you know, if you if you don't want to um, carry out any sort of medical procedure, you shouldn't have to. Um, that's not what this is about. That's not what they're saying. They're saying that if you have a religious liberty objection for w this one type of procedure or this one class of procedures, then we will give you an exemption. That is not extending a liberty argument uh, for everyone writ large. That is privileging a very specific type of objection and one that shouldn't hold any additional weight under the Constitution. And not only are these protections not required under the Constitution, they're not even required under RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, RIFRA doesn't create an, an opportunity or doesn't create a right for you to sue your employer um, for firing you for not doing your job. Um, these rules, these proposed rules, would allow um, private medical professionals, uh, medical providers who say that they don't want to participate in um, these types of services to initiate a cause of action potentially against their private employer who says, no, your job is to um, perform medical services um, that are um, as, the, as medicine would dictate and as um, best practices under medicine would dictate, not according to religious dogma. Um, and if you can't do that, we're going to fire you. Um, these rules would um, extend protections to those folks and say for the first time that they could um, – use the government as a way to um, make sort of civil rights claims um, against their employer. Now, this is um, sort of backwards, and this, this division is being placed under the Office uh, for Civil Rights, which is sort of perverse in a way, uh, because what it's doing is allowing um, discrimination against vulnerable people, um, potentially LGBT people, especially women, um, folks who, you know, do not have a lot of structural power here, um, 
and and putting putting people who have religious objections to certain types of medical procedures above actual vulnerable people um, who need medical care. Um, not only that, it also undermines trust um, for patients with their doctors. Um, if a doctor is not giving you the best medical advice, but is instead basing their medical treatment or their what they're going to do for you on the basis of their religion and not on what you want or what you need, um, that really undercuts the trust that is supposed to exist between a patient and a doctor. Um, these are, these conscience protections are uh, very much the current battleground of uh, religious freedom issues in the United States right now. The religious right knows that they can't repeal um, too many of the protections that currently exist and that the tide has changed and is, the tide is turning toward um, uh, more expansive civil rights protections. So what they're trying to do is write in these conscience objections. Um, these conscience, these are not new things, though. These have been around since the civil rights era. Um, you know, people who have, people have, quote unquote, legitimate um, religious objections to a lot of things. Um, and, but that doesn't mean they get out of the law. And this, these, this announcement of the rule and the office came the day after National Religious Freedom Day, um, in which the president put out a statement um, that included a line that was really troubling. I'm going to read it for you. No American, whether a nun, nurse, baker, or business owner, should be forced to choose between the tenets of their faith or adherence to the law, end quote. That's a really stunning statement because it implies that uh, a person's religion is superior or trumps the law. And that is not the case. That is not what the courts have held. That's not what um, hundreds of years of history in the United States has held. Um, this is something that goes as far back as um, Employment Division versus Smith, um, citing Reynolds, um, which goes back almost 150 years, saying, quote, can a man excuse his practices to the contrary of the law because of his religious belief? To permit this would be to make the professed doctrines of religious belief superior to the law of the land and in effect permit every citizen to become a law unto himself. Um, that was cited in Employment Division versus Smith approvingly by uh, the late Justice Antonin Scalia um, in, his in his decision in that case. So this is not some out there notion um, the law is the law, and you don't get out of the law just because you think your God doesn't want you to follow it. Um, that's all the time I have for this week. For more information about our work um, or to become a member of American Atheist, please visit www.atheists.org. For more information about our convention, including to register to see Hugh Laurie, who will be our uh, headline speaker, as well as a number of other speakers that we've just announced, please visit atheists.org slash convention 2018. That's atheists.org slash convention 2018. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week.